This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, ready to go? Let's go. We're ready. Welcome. Bum, bum, bum. Everybody go Savo. Can we boom, do that? Boom, boom, <laughs> <laughs> All together now. I'll do it again. Boom, 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 boom. That's got to be reintroduced. Come yeah, on. Let's do it. Yes. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com, and joining me for a bonus listener question episode, Mr. Dan Rogers from TheVillaUnderground.com. Hello. Welcome. And Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. Making his way from all the way from the Upper Holt. Nosebleed territory. So, 60, what was it, 68 was the last show? If uh, if you're listening to the My Old Man Said podcast for the first time, this isn't our regular show. This is a, a little extra one we're slipping in this week because we're high on life, five wins on the trot. Oh, yes. We just want to keep talking about this team at the moment. <laughs> And we've fielded a few questions. And to be honest, uh, yet again, Instagram has come up the best. High level of intelligence. No squirrel brains on Instagram. <laughs> but we'll kick off for one from the Facebook group, the Mad Few Facebook group. We'll keep this one short because it's an old chestnut. Uh, Richard Palmer says, what are your thoughts on Villa potentially falling foul of financial fair play. Now, he's obviously, uh, in the context of this, Blues have already been hit with a nine-point reduction, and there's been a few scare articles saying that Derby, Villa are next. I think there's another team I can't remember off the top of my head. Are you pooing your pants, Dan Rogers, about financial fair play? Nope. 
Uh, I think worst, worst, worst case scenario. Yeah, look, at if, I mean, perhaps taking the Blues at the moment isn't the best example, but I thought that they've they've got a lightly considering that not only did they fail FFP, but actually they, you know, they took the piss, <laughs> took the absolute <laughs> piss. So you know, and I think that we're nowhere near that. That we were just. We were just chronically managed. Mismanaged by Chinese people. Well, we'll get to them later, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) What I would say about Villa is that at least we've got um, Perslow and he's outwardly confident and was involved in this whole incomprehensible FFP thing from the beginning. So if anyone can uh, creatively account for us, I think it'll be... Cook the books. Uh, basically, <laughs> first, first, I, we're not going to get hit now. And the, we have a potential solution now. We didn't have this before. And that is... There was an A plan, there's a B plan, and the A plan's back in play, and that's getting fucking promoted. So that's back on the desk. And then the B plan, I think, was uh, shipping out Grealish to uh, Mm. level up the books a little bit and probably... Amongst uh, amongst others. Amongst others, exactly. So we're not even going to think about that now. We are putting our money on promotion at the moment. And also, unlike the the Blues, as as the example, already since the new owners have come in, they're... Unlike the, what the Blues owners did, we've shown willing to like yeah. turn the ship around. Yeah, yeah, we and also just this. Let's just spend a load more money. And also, Blues just never ever had the option uh, no. of promotion, no. <laughs> which would have cured their problems as well. Probably. Anyway, moving on to Benjamin in my net. Is that right? Zero one from Instagram. So. You guys think that we had a playoff final loss hangover this season. I'm assuming uh, he's attributing that to the uh, dodgy start of this season. What do you think, Bud? On the field, a little bit. Bruce was it, Bruce had looked fatigued by about the Wolves game, didn't he? He was, he was already starting to feel the, the stress of everything going on in his personal life. And I think um, some of his decisions from the word go, we're a bit off, you know, with yeah. Elphick, Steer being loaned out, Twanzabi at right back amongst other things, no cover. The team themselves, I think, possibly it's hard to gauge because they actually started the season pretty well. Off the field, I'd definitely say, the, I think the fans did because the, 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 the patience of you know our supporters at the best of times isn't the best. Yeah, I think everyone, as soon as then the new Grealish was staying, was like, well, Grealish is staying, oh, we're going to, we're going to blow everybody away. Yeah, and then, he got and, and then when uh, well, and then when Abraham arrived as well, it was like, well, we've got Grealish and Abraham. We're going to flatten this league. Yeah, because I think oh, as well as the playoff loss hangover, there was the administration loss hangover yeah. as well. Mm. Which uh, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a minor miracle how we dug ourselves out that so quickly and found actually two owners that actually had uh, substantial money. I mean, this is kind of a bit of a miracle and. Uh, w- it's now, you know, it's now just jotted down in a, in a paragraph in the history of Villa, but it's actually quite a substantial turnaround, if you ask me. I mean, in the context of a hangover, that is one almighty fucking headache, isn't it? When you actually, oh yeah, it's like a three-day hangover, all into a cauldron of, of of things not to happen to a football club that wants to put itself in a position to get promoted. Those are all of the tick boxes you'd have. <laughs> Especially gonna... when the um, the new owners only came, it was about a week before the season. Yeah. It was the day yeah. of that West Ham friendly, wasn't it? So they only had yeah. about seven days or so before the season started. What a yeah. what a hangover that is. I mean, the threat of administration. You've suspended your CEO. You've you're looking out to ship out Grealish on the cheap. You can't pay the tax. You should have gone up. Oh my god! You're yeah. facing up to all that stuff, and you know against that backdrop of all the things that are going on with Bruce anyway, who I still think probably if things have been different would probably have been sacked. Anyway, after the Fulham game. Ooh. Yeah. Or should have walked. Or would have walked, or, you know. 
but I, I thought it all combined to it was a horrible hangover. So if we do get promoted this season, the whole story will start. You have to look at what we've just been talking about there, and, and it will be uh, classed as uh, some some achievement in terms of turning it all around. Right, next question. Carl Beasley says, do you think it was a blessing in disguise not getting promoted last season? Well, it's uh, one of those hypothetical questions that you want to get promoted, but then we'd still have old Keith Wyness, Dr. Tony and Bruce. I think it would be scary to think what we might have done in the close season had we got promoted. Yeah, we yeah we could be in a horrific mess. And oblivious to it as well as we were really a few days yeah. before it broke into the into the press how desperate our financial situation was. There's, there's a lot of Villa fans on uh, social media who were so far up Dr. Tony and Keith Wyness's ass on uh, Twitter that they'd probably still be happy and none the wiser. But I must admit I'm happier now with this setup we've got now because it's in its chalk night and day difference. I mean, I think they're a bit more. I think they were more personable. Let's say Wyness and uh, Doctor well, Doctor Tony on Twitter, but Keith Wyness uh, in person. But the people we have running the club now, and all the p- various uh, people I've met, uh, linked to that. So it's a lot more business first. Well, I'll take and, accountable you know, over personable any day. I think. Yeah. Well, they're here to. These guys are here to get a job done. Mm. Exactly. I mean, you, you look at what Fulham did, and they were so much better than us in that playoff final. And how yeah. the, the, you, know, you look at the fist of what they've made of it, they've pissed, was it 120 million up the wall? They didn't have faith in, in what they had. I think mm. what they, they had. Were, they were a good side. What they had was enough to finish mid table. For example, Wolves, you know, they didn't make massive tweaks. They just knew they had a way of, way yeah. of playing that would eliminate, let's say, the bottom uh, eight or so teams. Because let's face it, the lower order of the Premier League is nothing, you know, no great shakes. I mean, you look at Villa a month ago, six weeks ago, all the fans, you know, on social media go, oh, this, this squad's shit. It's crap. It, Smith needs his own men. He needs his own players. Oh, blah, blah, this. And this squad is not shit. And we've never said it's shit. We've stood by that it was the fault of the management staff for not getting it right at that point in time. And also, obviously, they were missing key players that would uh, jolt everything into life. This squad was not shit. Well, we've, we've you know we've put six past the so-called best defense in the league. We put seven so, past Derby. It's exactly. Like- so this brings me to the point of you know people say uh, oh this you know it's a waste of time getting promoted uh, this season even Nonsense. that's what they were saying. Nonsense. Because you know this team uh, the squad's crap. Blah blah blah. Well, if hypothetically we get promoted and. We'll keep Grealish if we get promoted. That's that's pretty much certain. We've got a good shout at keeping Mings, Courtney House. So you've got those players that elevate us, and they're the reason why you know we're getting promoted if we got promoted. Now, we haven't just beaten our playoff rivals. We've absolutely smashed them. We've done Derby 7-0 in aggregate. We've done Middlesbrough 6-0 in aggregate. So that suggests if we get up there, Derby's, Middlesbrough's are as good as, you know, some of the Huddersfields and, you know, mm. Fulham as they are now. So I think we'd set apart, you know, we'd, we'd take them apart, some of these teams in the lower lower echelons of the Premier League. It's just, you know, we'd, we'd obviously need something else to uh, start troubling mid-table upwards. But we're not that far off. I mean, obviously, we're going to have a striker issue. Obviously, Abraham's going. But, you know, Abraham needs three chances to score one. So he's not the finished article. And this team is creating a hell of a lot more chances. So if you've got a half-decent striker, you know, he's going to, he's going to, Put, put them away. Yeah. So if we can keep Mings, he's Premier League class, Courtney House, probably Chester, McGinn, Grealish, 
You've got I, think the the, start. I think the Premier League would probably suit someone like Al Ghazi a little bit better, where it's not quite so physical as well. Yeah, and then you know you can spend your money on you know the right wing replacing Adomar and Andre Green will will be a you know certainly a player, in, you know, if at the very least a squad player that can rotate in and out, but uh, probably want to freshen up in terms of Adomar. But and you know maybe uh, we've got a, a right back coming in. Do we need another left back? Probably, but we're not that far away for having a team that should stay in the league if we stick to our principles of playing how Smith's got us playing, because that's what Fulham didn't do. Fulham were impressive as hell. They they blitzed through this league once they got their shit together and got uh, their key players back fit. You know, they, when they had to take on the top six in consecutive weeks and they beat, them, beat they? five of them uh, and drew against one. I think it was Bristol City they drew against. But yeah, they dismantled some of the teams. So they were good enough, but they just replaced the whole team, essentially. Well, they, they dug up the whole... They literally laid the perfect pitch and dug it up, didn't they? And, and they, yeah. they'd got the, the manager at a, a philosophy that seemed to work and, and you know, there was that criticism directly at us after the playoff final that, you know, football won on the day that was hard to take. Yeah. But justified. Back in the day, like your your Forest, Forest got promoted from the second tier, won the league next season. Mm. Watford got up high. Leicester obviously uh, got promoted and then had, I think, had a, a season of establishing themselves and then won, won the Premier League the next season. If you've got a way of winning, a winning way, then that tends to transcend into the, the next tier up. Because you, you undoubtedly play in half the league, which uh, morale's down because they've just had a shitty season. Mm. And uh, unless they've completely transformed their team and fortunes, uh, pretty much they'll be in the same boat. So Fulham just trying to rebuild something was was a bit bizarre. And, uh, you know, it, well, it's paid out as the league table has shown that it wasn't the right way to go. This idea that you've just got to spend money for the sake of being in the Premier League because it's in your bank account doesn't always play out. Anyway, uh, next question, John, or sorry, Jay Hooch, 86, speaking of Fulham, says, will I need sun cream again for our upcoming Wembley trip? Don't want to get burnt. Well, we're assuming we're going to Wembley. We're not yet. Uh, there's, I think uh, there's a couple of good weeks before we can start boasting about that. But after those two weeks are up, you will better get your VillaUnderground.com branded sun cream from the and, store. And, and sun oil. <laughs> yes, Just sun for oil. that for that barbecue look. <laughs> that glycerin barbecue muscle look. Uh, Craig83 asks, would you prefer to win some silverware or promotion? Uh... I hate to piss on your parade, Craig, but you get a trophy if you win the playoffs. <laughs> that's the beauty of the playoffs. There's only one beauty, and that's that covers everything. I mean, you, we, ask... we, you don't go to a playoff final to get a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the players are asked about the medal. They're thinking bonus. Also, when you find yourself in April, knocked out of all the cups, impossible to win the, the title, then promotion's your only bet, so you might as well go for it. And uh, as we said, you get you do get a trophy for that. So it's uh, win-win silverware and promotion. Sturgy Boy asks, and a very good question this is, imagine the scene. Leeds versus Villa. Shall we go for Leeds? Yeah, let's go for Leeds. Playoff final. It's drawing and there's a pen- Villa win a penalty in injury time to Ooh. win the match at oh, my Wembley. toes are curling. But unfortunately, Tammy Abraham is already off, injured, and out for the season next year, so he'll never play for Chelsea. Who takes the penalty? <laughs> that wasn't in his question, I just had it there. Who takes the penalty? Good question. Good question. Jed Steer, I think. <laughs> just goal kick it, Jed, as hard as you can. Straight at 
<laughs> straight at his head. McGinn. Oh, he's, he's going to get sent off in the final, so he's not going to be on the pitch. I I think it's going to be full redemption, Glenn Whelan. It'll be <laughs> Preston. Scenes of Preston will ebb away as he places the the football. <laughs> Well, the fact that the only one who manned up to take that penalty makes this an interesting question uh, if we address it seriously. Was McGinn on the pitch at that stage? Grealish was on the pitch. Yeah, I remember Grealish getting a bit of a hammering, didn't he, online for for, for not stepping up to the plate. And who's the captain now? Mr. Grealish. So Mm. I think he would take it and he'd miss. Nah, he'd do a little chip, wouldn't he? He'd do a Dwight. All the star oh, no, players no, always that. miss. The star players always miss. Like Ronaldo, Dere- always, Ronaldo always does. Zico in the World Cups going back. And Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Chris Waddle was a good player, but you know what I'm talking about. The 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 cream. It was only per Perlo that was like just defied the football gods on that front. What a human little, being he is. With his little dinky chip over uh Joe Hart, but he did it on purpose just because Hart was being such thinking he was such a boy at the start of those kicks where he's jumping around, you know, beating his chest and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that Perlo decided, I'm gonna take you down a few levels. And he did exactly that. Ended his career. He did, didn't he? He just fucked his career totally. And off Joe went to <laughs> West Ham or wherever it was he went. Well, I think via Italy, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? He went to yeah. Torino, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back back to Wembley. So, <laughs> anyway, this will be the. Maybe the scene will be the, the Mika Richards. What about Mings? Do you think Mings will say. He'd smash a good ball, wouldn't he? And Dan, we're being serious now, so. Oh, okay. My serious answer is McGinn. No right. keeper would dare getting in the way of that. He'd rip the net off. Who else is in the mid? I think Hurahan was he Hurahan on the pitch hits a good for ball, doesn't he? Yeah. Has he got the balls? I think yeah. I think he's just got the technique to get him out of whatever his mental. El Mohammed could swing one down the line and curl it back in. <laughs> so you go McGinn, Hurahan, yeah. and then maybe Grealish third choice, or bring Codger off the bench, especially. Oh, I don't know about that. Not with that haircut. I go McGinn. Okay, yeah. so we'll go McGinn on that one. I think a pressure penalty. I think I fancy him to to break the back of the net. And you know yeah. full well, just to watch him celebrate with his arms flapping around would be brilliant. <laughs> like right. one of those inflatable things. Yeah. <laughs> right. Moving on. Andrew Rankin asks from Instagram: If we lost the playoff final again, <laughs> again in in May. How would you compare the season as a whole to 1718? Well, I think what we've just mentioned at the top of the show about how the club on and off the field was just uh, disarray. In disarray. Then I think this season has been certainly more fun than last season. Fun? Well, you know. Check the dictionary <laughs> definition of. Look at some of the games. I'm talking about once Smith took over. The first lot of performances against Derby and Middlesbrough, yeah, both of them, watching them, you're just thinking, we're on to something here. Then Mm. obviously it didn't pan out immediately. But when this phase of games came along again, I mean, that Derby game at home at Villa Park was uh, something else. Mm. And obviously, you know, the Circus of the Forest 5-5. And a whole lot of 2-2s. But we've kept it going until the end. And at the end, whether you finish third or fourth or sixth, it doesn't matter. You're in the playoffs and away you go. But if we failed in the final, would it be a a failure? As we've said before, we don't fear anybody now. I I think anybody coming up against Villa with the players we've got 
and the way we're playing and the you know the momentum, the belief, etc. No one's going to want to play us. But then again, Leeds are a team, like a proper team, if you know what I mean. I think, do you know what? So are we, though, at the moment. Yeah. But I think if we ended up against Leeds, I think Leeds would be potentially deflated because after this weekend, I think... They've, you know, they're looking back at the automatics now, and they're thinking, uh, "This is how we want to get promoted." Yeah, and we we discussed it last uh, the last pod about this whole Bielsa ball thing. It's will they run their course? Mm. I mean, just adding my being, I suppose, and pulling it around to Andrew's question is that I think the two seasons have have, have been very different. I think there've been similar similar mistakes made, but I think yeah. against the backdrop of where we were at the beginning of the season, I think it's remarkable that you know, and yeah. having such a dip in form when we did. You know, over those fifteen games, two wins. I think to have yeah, well, dredged yeah, ourselves that, into yeah. a position where we're competing for the playoffs is is um, overall a, a positive. When we we could be sat here discussing having nothing to do for the final weeks. Of the yeah, I mean this t- this time last season we were we were discussing the frustration of probably losing out on automatic. Yeah, but knowing yeah. full well we were going to be probably in fourth. Mm. Yeah, and I think this year, unlike last season, there's been lots of differences. Last year there was a lot of games where we kind of got the job done a lot of the time, mm. but we weren't very entertaining. We were a very workmanlike team. This year, we are like the neutrals delight. We, You know, it's very entertaining. There's been lots of singular moments. You know, if you think about the McGinn goal, the Grealish one, the Hutton one, there's been a lot of mo- moments that will actually live in the memory along for a long time to come. I wish come. I could get an ice cream or something called neutrals delight. That sounds... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm, what, is, what is that flavour? It's very neutral. It leaks gold. Delights me. <laughs> Bottom of the cone leaks, but uh, romantically nourishes me as well. <laughs> delicious at the top. Yeah, we've had some great, you know, some really good sort of moments this year. Whereas actually last season, I, I don't. There were one or two spectacular goals or like last minute winners and things like that. Well, actually, yeah. there's been quite a few moments. You know, like the Sheffield United comeback and the Forest game and things like that are just mental. Even like the, you know, the whole Blues away game with the Grealish, yeah. little moments like that. Yeah, but to be honest, uh, these five wins have certainly uh, managed to put a bit more of a gloss on the season. That we can yeah. actually have this conversation, uh, yeah. but ultimately, when you get in the playoff final, it's kind of do or die. And in terms of what Villa will be next season, if they're it's still in the championship, anyway, really? yeah, if they're still in the championship, we're getting stripped down to a different level of team. And the fact that we've got this chance to uh, what it's like one last chance to uh, divert that uh, fate. So hopefully, we can take it. Mike Bravo, ninety three asks what would be a realistic finishing expectation of a first season back in the premier league calm down mike well i think i've, I've kind of implied uh, if we kept mings grealish mcginn because we get promoted then uh, we should be able to see off a lot of the dross in the championship as long as we you know make two or three decent additions a bit more extra firepower well don't do a fulham don't be i mean huddersfield's model has been retain as much as possible of that money that you go up with and yeah. don't, don't don't cripple yourself and i suppose you know if you want you want to get into that mix of teams that um can beat beat the bottom four five six and get yourself into that middle mix don't you initially. yeah but if you've got a clear philosophy and if smith in you know invests in himself and, and goes for it because people play with start to play with fear when they get promoted and they they play with fear they don't really believe in themselves because they're they're so desperate to survive mm. But you look at Wolves, you look at Leicester, no fear. And that's what Villa, because Villa, let's, you know, we're going to be a big, big team. I mean, we are, 
and that we should start immediately when we set foot in the Premier League. We st- we start, you know, we start playing like that with that refreshed attitude because we know what the dark side looks like now, and and we don't want to be going back there. We lost our way terribly, didn't we, as as a club in the sense that you, we we absolutely were set up not to lose football games, and and then yeah. when we became not very good at that either, we could neither win nor compete in games, and it just became uh, it was our it was our slow trajectory towards uh, relegation in the end. As Ron Atkinson once said, Aston Villa is a team that needs a bit of glitter in it, and that sh- you know should I mean we this pathetic attempt at the Villa engine of defining a Villa <laughs> ethos, but uh, there needs to be one. And that's really to have no fear. Uh, I mean, I quite always quite like Spurs's. Uh, is it Dare to Dream? Yeah, that that kind of uh, just just this, you know, not being scared and not kind of uh, bottling it. Well, some Spurs <laughs> bottling. <What? it. laughs> oh, the irony! <laughs> oh, the irony! Dare to dream. Oh, the irony! Keep dreaming, boys. But no, Villa should. Uh, I mean, prepared would have been a decent. Uh, what about prepared? That sounds like that's a good motto that could, for that a could, club. That could, that could work. Yeah, historically, that could yeah, that could work. <laughs> Prepared. I don't know if anybody had that idea in the marketing department, but uh, maybe it's something they should look at. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. While Mike Bravo was getting a bit optimistic there, Rad Chris ninety two goes back to the uh, the pessimism. Who leaves if we don't go up? Everyone, everybody, all of the above. Anybody good? Put it that way, Rad Chris, Chris Rad. Anybody good? In 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 reality, Grealish probably. Almost definitely, all your loan players. I think McGinn, the, uh, Mings for fours. sure. McGinn, Mings. you might get another year out of who? McGinn. I, was, I thought you said Mings. Mings, no way. No, no chance. McGinn, I don't know. 
I would have, I would have thought a Premier League club would have probably looked at the price tag Villa would stick on him and go, do you know what? We'll uh, we'll bide our time there a little bit. And what's that going to be? Because if he wants to move, somebody's offering him double his. Uh, somebody could double McGinn's wages like that, no problem. Well, and I Depends think the, the, the other issue is the Villa. In, if we were to stay down there, the, it's what we revenue do we need to bring in? I think that exactly that will be the deal breaker. It won't be yeah. like last season with Grealish. And right? even with the, you know, the the position of having to clear the wage bill, you know, yeah. you look at the likes of Yedinak, who's going to be on big money, Whelan, Hutton will go, Elphick will go, Chester might. Well, have they've to they've go. gone. No, they've. I mean, yeah. Elphick's finished, Yedinak's finished, Whelan's yeah. finished. They're all gone. Yeah. So that, that's that's not a problem. But they'll still need. Uh, to sell a few of the jewels for sure, and those jewels will see. I mean, you know, we've been getting players basically saying, "Look, come to us. We're Aston Villa. You know, we're not sticking around in the Championship. You know, we're mm. going to be. We'll get up this season." Yeah. Poor old James Chester. He's been on a promise for a few <laughs> years now. Hasn't just one more. Bjarnason gave up the Champions League under the premise of, "Yeah, give me six months." Yeah, Bjarnason doesn't know what he's doing. Basically, poor chap. No. But Chester, you know, he was he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be straight up." Uh, God, I was sitting on the bench at the baggies, and now I'm going to be like starter for Villa in the Premier League in the season. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't quite pan out, did it, old uh, Chesy? Now you're not even in the top three or four uh, centre backs at the club. You must be wondering where the hell that happened, by the way. <laughs> Staggering, isn't it? <laughs> Having watched uh, it in January, he's thinking, I can't even get in the team. He's been made to play on one leg for six months and then the fucking <laughs> bastards replace him with three. Only the villa. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. James, you've got an under-23 game tonight at Bescott. <laughs> Jess, Jess Marshall says, if we lost Grealish this summer, do you think Callum O'Hare is good enough to come in for him? <laughs> yes, Carlisle United's up and coming, free flowing. No, 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 no. Next question. Grealish has taken a few seasons to get to this point, and he's still not exactly where you'd want him to be calling him a superstar yet. But he's he's getting there. And O'Hare, you know, even if he's got it in his locker, it'll take three seasons or so to get anywhere near where Grealish is now. Right. Willis Morris, 26. Bit of a two-parter, this. What happened to Jedinak's Jungle? Well, we used to, we used to enjoy writing Jedinak's Jungle. Did we? Because it... <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was what you call creative writing. Yes, that's what it was. And it was funny. It was. Uh, I mean, some people are thinking, oh, you know, just from doing a voice of an Aussie. I mean, it's, oh, it's obviously done like that on purpose. Thinking, oh, people trying to be... But the, the humour was not in the accent, the humour or the voice. The humour's in what he's saying. And some of it was comic gold. So go fuck yourself, people. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, that's the Yedinak haters. Yeah. But no, a lot of it's down to time. It already takes too much time. And so we just wanted to strip things down a bit just to uh, make life a bit easier because I would love to put all kinds of bells and whistles on this show. We might give him a send-off, though, when he leaves in the summer. Yeah. People who get it, get it. And people that don't, don't need to. I kind of like the Remy Guard, uh, the Randy Lerner sketches and stuff. It was just to do something a bit different. And Negatron had its moments as well. Mm. But to be honest, uh, I'd love to do a podcast that uh, talks about other things rather than just football. But uh, anyway... We'll see what happens. Next question. Oh, sorry, this is Willis Moore, part two. What is it about Bjarnason that Smith doesn't trust? 
He's grumpy. Well, you just have to look at the Icelandic banking system to know not to trust anyone from Iceland. It was an absolute disaster. So he shouldn't be trusted with anything at all. I don't know. I still, I still like Bjarnason, but he, you know, he'll always pop up and, and have a chance. There's a potential goal in him. I think it, most of the time, if, if he's. <laughs> Is it because he's but like he, a 6 out of 10 and you just don't get a 7 or 8 out of 10 out of him very often? You never get the wow factor from him, do you? He's always just kind of working. Apart from like... the goal against Wolves. But it, I, I like the way you described that, though, that he came on and angrily struck it into the net because he hadn't been picked. And then well, they it off down the tunnel afterwards. <laughs> they came on angrily, beat four men and then blasted it. <laughs> just in. fucking walked off pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but it's but it's in him. But he has been kind of messy. It's like one of those players that, like Sean Maloney, who had it, but the manager just never, it just never aligned for him. I mean, like Sean Maloney, when he, you were screaming out for him to play alongside John Crew, mm. little and large, both technically really good. And Martin O'Neill finally had a hallelujah moment, put them together against Chelsea, and Maloney scored two in the first half. It was happy days. He was he was on for his hat trick, and then. That fucking referee sent off Zach Knight for foul on Shevchenko. Shevchenko fucking dived or so whatever. It's just it wasn't a four-four game. Yeah, it wasn't a penalty at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was at Stamford Bridge, yeah. and it was a game we would have won. And then the referee fucked us, and uh, Zach Knight got sent off. And I O'Neill, first thing he did was take Maloney off and put on obviously another centre back, and that was it. Basically, Maloney basically fucked off after that but that would have been potentially the start of something amazing because he was a good player and you just thought actually him and John Carew is because Mele you know Martin O'Neill always thought his players should be physical and you know that's why he got rid of Stephen Davis as well he just thought he was too lightweight for the midfield just because he didn't have a way of playing that allows players that are technically good that maybe aren't like big bruises to kind of chip in but he still went for Maloney, I think, because Maloney was cheap for a million. But that was a missed opportunity. And it's a bit like that with Bjarnason, though, when Bruce should have played him going back to last season. But he kept going for Yedinak, and then he played them in the wrong way round. Wrong round, combinations, uh, in, 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 Wrong combinations and the wrong way round when Bjarnason should have been uh, in the game before and Yedinak should have been in that snow game against Bolton when we needed more of a physical presence. He just never got the run of games, did he? I think yeah. he's one of those players that needs a, a consistent run of football and he's just he's not gonna get it with the players we've yeah. got. And also he, he kind of came without a real position that was like nailed, you know, his colours were nailed to the mast of it. So it happens like utility players, they never it's okay, they're good to have in the squad because they can cover XYZ position, but the, in terms of being a starter, it's hard for them to uh solidify a position because it's not their specialist position but i think smith wanted him in initially was he was picking him in there because i think he thought he was a bit more mobile for the system he wanted to play because he didn't really want to play an out and out dm no and glenn whelan has has basically transformed into something we've never seen before uh, while he's been at villa and actually brings a great balance to the team and i think he's kind of playing the role that perhaps smith would have wanted bjarneson to play but i don't think bjarneson's got that snap and timing no, he certainly doesn't have the tempo, does he, to play to keep up with McGinn and Grealish? Well, he doesn't read the game as much, I don't think. No. Right, moving on. Uh, Corti is on fire. Will Nyland or Kalinic have a spot next year on the bench? Kalinic is the long-term future, I think, for the for the fee we've paid. And also, he was Smith's man. Yeah. Uh, Nyland obviously wasn't. Uh, as as Max, uh, Max Stokes said on the last show, uh, he reckons Nyland's going to be off, and I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I can't see a future there, unless something drastic happens. Because you're talking about two keepers that are their international number ones, and they're going to be wanting to play regularly. Mm. And, you know, as I suggested on the previous show, 
maybe they'll back themselves to be number one at Villa, but that's not going to get you past January because one of them's going to lose out. Mm-hmm. And I think Smith would prefer to go with Kellenich. And next question, Mark W. Houston asks, what did you think of Gary Thompson on AVTV? Is AVTV still a thing? Uh, yeah, apparently so. I thought they'd closed it down after after all the uh, the mishaps at the start of the season. Banned from their own studio, didn't they? Well, well, in the last uh, Aston Villa fan consultation group meeting, one of the things uh, I did say, uh, can you please turn up Tony Daly's microphone? And uh, apparently people could hear him uh, wow. against Blackburn Rovers. So in terms of the greatest oh, achievements of the last 10 years for myself... In my personal life, that would probably rank up there. It's all baby steps in the right direction, Dave. <laughs> Gary Thompson, I haven't heard him uh, on AVTV, to be honest. Uh, actually, I asked Mark uh, what he thought of Gary Thompson, and he, and he gave him the thumbs up. Okay. Gary was at the game, so it's interesting how they decide who gets the mic, so to speak. Should have given it to George Boatang. Right, Matt Ashcroft, 04, asks, If we don't go up, does FFP still apply? Well, of course it does. It always applies. It applies more if we stay in the league. The solution to FFP is to get promoted. That's the basic uh, maths of the situation. If we're still in the championship, I'm not completely convinced, despite what Perslow says, that we have this uh, situation underhand. And the remedies, as as we've hinted at, are not very conducive in terms of what kind of team we're going to have next season, because obviously uh, some of the uh, better players will potentially disappear. Anything to add, gentlemen? It just makes it difficult to attract players to come down from the you know the Premier League on loan yeah. or. You know, just the general footballing operation becomes a very different landscape. Well, it, it, we we still won't really have money to buy a proper team, will we? We'll have to uh, be very smart. Saying that, we've managed to spend seven million euros on a goalkeeper and five million on a right back that no one's seen. Yet, yeah, so. I never, I never quite got that on the Kalinic front. Why they went? That balls. seems like quite a large amount of money for a goalkeeper at this level. Unless they've structured the payment some. I don't know how they've done that. Right, next question. Yo, Nason, if, for the sake of argument, we do get promoted, which of the loans would you like to see sign permanently? Dan Rogers. Uh, As unlikely, Tammy, I'd go Tammy Abraham. As unlikely as it might be, I think... He's he's got goals, goals, goals in him. I I would go Mings straight away. First yeah, choice, Mings, Mings. Mings. Mings would be my first choice. Then Abraham. Then probably Twanzebe. Mm, I do like Twanzebe. He's a very very all. all it looks like we're going to get Hawes. We've got the option to buy Hawes anyway, haven't we? So I think he'll be staying. We've anyway. got the option to buy Hawes. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a good season, isn't it? <laughs> Once you get in the Premier League, you've got the option to buy Hawes. Filthy football. <laughs> Uh, oh dear God. slags Chris, up front Chris Bud's mind you just don't want to get involved I just put my Tim Sherwood hat on for a minute <laughs> <laughs> you have got that Tim Sherwood uh, mode shall we say that you, can, that you can slip into uh, every so often it's my market trader mentality day I, I did want to ask you actually in the last podcast the, in the, uh, that covered the Blackburn game what, what are you thinking about El Ghazi I think there's something there. I like him. There's definitely a good player there. He, he just blows a little bit hot and cold. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if it's he, ha- he has to have a lot of ball during the game. <laughs> yeah. I think you need some whores. <laughs> yeah. Don't he we blows hot and cold. <laughs> he needs a lot of ball. Uh, 
Yeah, it's like innuendo bingo. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I think he needs to get onto Grinder <laughs> from that description that you've just said there. No, I like him. I think that the Blackburn game, especially, he tr- he did a lot of work tracking back. To be fair to him, yeah, that is that's definitely come into mm. his game uh, in the in think, the last uh, few weeks. I can't weeks. remember what game it was, but I remember Smith very publicly saying he'd given him a bit of a bollocking. Yeah, I th- I think he's probably more effective in the final third than Green. To be fair, while he hasn't got the sort of the the turn of pace, I think his actual delivery is better because I think he's learning that you've. Got got to be a bit more let's say on the run mm. uh and when you when you're off the ball than let's say dutch and french football that he's experienced so far yeah. so he's got to be a bit more active off the ball which uh, i think he's getting there and he's and he wants the ball to be you know to be fair he's he got something willing, he? he's got that he's got a trick in him hasn't he and he's got that an element yeah. of him. he's not very predictable in what he's going to do and yeah he can't quite put your finger on it actually quite why you might but to be fair to him you you, you put him in the penalty area and whenever you've Put him in a good position. He's actually seemed quite clinical. He does scare yeah, teams so as well, far. I think. Yeah, he's got I think end product. It's thing of, yeah, he runs at people, mm, doesn't he? He mm. just gets his head down and goes. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, sometimes he he doesn't almost live up to his ability at times. If you if you know what I mean. No, no, no. I, you do get that with that sort of wingers, don't you? You'd back him in certain situations, and he's like, ah, oh, actually, you've got that in you to you know get past this chap or whatever. I nearly said he's got the ability to get in behind people, <laughs> but we've got in a few endos for the evening. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll end, we'll end there on our Garzy. <laughs> but definitely, uh, I think Mings, Abraham. Yeah, we don't know what's happening there. If you said one more loan season for. A, Abraham at Villa in the Premier League then I'd be interested to see how he does in this Villa team for sure but I think in in terms of if you want to build something Mings is essential because that just ticks the box straight away you've got somebody that you know that's uh, rock solid and he's, he's he's a class of brother I mean he's one of the first names on your team sheet now yeah I was saying to a Liverpool uh, fan that uh, if we don't get promoted you should go in and get Mings and uh, I can't imagine him and Van Dijk yeah exactly then you'll be sorted for a proper title chase if you fuck up this season <laughs> right uh pat singleton asks is steer going to be our number one next season well we've been discussing this goalkeeper situation in the last two podcasts so make sure you listen to them in terms of the uh the trident of uh goalkeeper villa options as, as i said in the last show i'm not uh i'm not putting all my money on steer at the moment i think he's got enough to steer us into the playoffs and the test nice pun Oh, it was actually. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> didn't even. I wasn't even thinking about that. But uh, from there on, in uh, he will be tested and uh, potentially in the final. And I don't know. I don't think they would go with him in the Premier League. For the first thing that would come to my mind is if you're getting the best part of a hundred million for finishing bottom in that league, I'd just go and get Jack Butland from Stoke and say, "Do you want to play back in the Premier League?" Yeah, but really, could Villa buy another goalkeeper? That it'll yeah, be like why not? we've switched from right backs to goalkeepers in terms of uh, our addiction. Well, if we're getting rid of Nyland anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've written Nyland off already. Right. Well, we'll see. I'm not I'm not convinced he'll be number one next season, but uh, he's still got yeah. he's the shirt's his at the moment. And obviously you can prove uh, that he should stay uh, as the number yeah. one. But we'll see what happens. O-S-A-V. O dot S. AV on that's an Instagram name. When Gary Gardner comes back, oh, he's not coming back, is he? When Gary Gardner comes back, should we sell him to Blues or somewhere else? Have Blues got any money? Doubt it. Mm. It's staggering when you think that someone couldn't afford Gary Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Or somewhere else sounds like that he could be working. I don't know on the checkout somewhere or 
He could work in a treatment centre. Like he'd, he'd probably make a good sports physio, wouldn't he? Spend so much time on the yeah, treatment no table. Way. He probably knows it inside out. I don't really follow the Blues, and obviously uh, he wasn't playing when we played them. But he seems to be touted around as one of their star players. Yeah, at the he's moment. been their best player. Yeah, everyone said in the derby they really missed him. If you're going to let him go to Blues, though, just make sure he does a video saying that Villa are his boyhood club. Well, if if we get promoted, I, I really don't care. I mean, I haven't cared about him. Even before we got relegated, he was kind of... He, he, he's been at the club so long and he's been written off for, what, five seasons And least? he had some great chances. If he was going to make it, he had chances to do it mm-hmm. when we were in a, at the bare bones in terms of talent in the midfield. So he had a chance and uh, he just... I don't know, he never had that bite uh, in my... He didn't have that edge. He's just too, he's too nice. Yeah, too nice. He's not as good as his brother either and he takes me... You know, I don't say that with... <laughs> with any great love to the other gardener, really. But I don't think he's nearly as good as we've been made out to believe. I think he had some bad injuries when he was younger. Um, but I, he's never looked like... <laughs> he's never looked good enough. Yeah. I mean, is it any more complicated than that? I don't think so. Right, moving on. Uh, Dylan Thomas. I thought he was dead, Dylan Thomas. He's Dylan back. Thomas Childs. Not related to the poet, is he? Who gets dropped? This is the question. Who gets dropped when Axel and Chester... Are both fit? No one. No one. Unfortunately, the, uh, we've upgraded our defence <laughs> since those boys were fit. <laughs> and that's kind of a joke, but true as that. You know, Chester on merit is not a better footballer Ooh. with the ball at his feet than Hawes or Mings. They're both better athletes. It's kind of like they are. Well, like, Chester's He's not a good too leader, bad but... on the ball. Uh, Hawes is a bit too left-footed, I would say that. I wonder whether there could be some consideration for putting Chester alongside Mings in, in the sense that Chester looked far more comfortable alongside a Terry. I know a Terry and a Mings are very different. And, and yeah, a, left-foot, a left-footed player. Um, yeah. But I do wonder whether... I mean, Axel's got the ability to play quite naturally across the defence and in front of it. Because we've got we've got two left foot centre backs, have we not? Mm-hmm. We have at the moment, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's the only thing that you start to look at. But then, you know, they've both done pretty well uh, as it is. And then as of the other question mark, uh, if Taylor was still flaking around, then uh, I think Axel would have been potentially in the next game, uh, if not the, the Blackburn game. But Taylor's stepped up to the plate, so... There's not really a problem there. And although Hawes, I mean, for a big lad, he was like a bit of a Wilfred Baumer. I, I said that I said that quite early when people were slagging off Hawes and saying it was shit. But I was saying, look, you, the bulk of him, you just remind me of him when he goes forward. But I think he's actually technically pretty good on the ball. Very the, good player. I watched some highlights clip of just him and some of his passing. It was like, wow, this guy's like, this isn't like, he's better than Wilf. Wilfred, because he was a bit Neanderthalish, but <laughs> he's a bit of a thug, wasn't he? Really, <laughs> the criticism and a half that is Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I know. I mean, some people call him a legend, but they, I mean, he was. I, I liked him because he was. He was a bit of a thug, and he was. He was tough. Wasn't your typical Dutch player? Was he? I remember Bamer's debut at Football, Park, wasn't? and we got. I think we got thumped four 0 I just remember, you know, that old ground. You got quite. You could also have like eye contact quite close up to the players. I remember how lost you. You think, oh my god, I've joined Aston Villa. Dutch international as he was then. But as you say, he did go on to be, um, we, we mentioned earlier, not like a legend status, but sort of quite a fan favourite that, he, you know, was a good, good on his yeah. pro, wasn't he? He was hard as nails. Did we really have him at left back and Melberg at right back in some games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were hardly like the archetypal, uh, what's known as what a full back should be in the Pep Guardiola 
book of uh, coaching. We we limited ourselves to tech. That's why we struggled to break teams down at Villa Park under O'Neill because we had Neanderthal. We were slow fullbacks. Yeah, they weren't beating the last man. They weren't getting down the flanks. And uh, but House, he's he's got an array of tricks and skills, and you know he, he can get down the byline as well. He's got a good delivery. Yeah, he's, yeah, very good delivery actually. Yeah, we've got options galore. That's where Axel or Chester comes in. If uh, I think that's the first decision Smith goes, does he want the balance of a right and left foot? centre back and if that is the case then I think House stays in the team but he'll go over to left uh, left back but yeah Chester it'd be interesting to see what happens there the uh, injury has not come at a good time and if he didn't get that injury then I don't think uh, one of either Mings or House would have turned up at Villa right last question Liam Sedge 7 asks fave Villa song boom 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 let me hear you say Sabo Sabo settle back <laughs> I think we need to turn the question and said it's worst Villa songs. I prefer. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. I think <laughs> he's got no air, but we don't care. Stevie, Stevie Stone. That was pretty shocking. Oh, ole, 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 ole. Alan, right, right, right. Did Collymore ever have a song? Yeah, what was Collymore's song? I can't remember. Oh, Stanley, Stanley. Stanley, 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 Stanley. Stanley, Stanley, Collymore. Yeah, that was it. But yeah, it's funny. We'll tweet him. We'll ask him. Who let the dogs out? No, it wasn't that. (laughs) (laughs) Stan Collymore was playing in a pair of £2,000 boots. Cinderella Stan was certainly at the ball, but he then lost it. It's funny how some uh, old former players' songs, and I'm not just talking about the legends, but some ex-players' songs occasionally get an outing, but that Savo one doesn't, and that's a great shame because that was... uh... I'd like to hear that. The Savo one, the Dwight York one, I'd like to hear occasionally. And you don't hear very much of uh, puts the ball in the air for Tony Cascarino. You never (laughs) hear that anymore, do you? Graham Taylor buying him cost us the title that time. I'm I'm, uh, adamant. They should have just kept with Ian Olney. In Ian Olney, we trust. Uh, You you can't put this in the podcast, but I I went on a stag do with Ian Olney earlier this year. Did you? (laughs) Why Why didn't you fucking say that? It doesn't really come up. Ian Olney doesn't come up very often. I've mentioned him on this podcast no. before. I've always... Yeah, not for one to try in. I've always <laughs> championed it, Olney. Because he we didn't have a centre-forward back in those days. We relied on Platt's goals. But Olney could hold the ball, mm. and he was technically really good. Yeah. And Graham Taylor didn't really have the faith in him because he was only a youngster. And yeah. then he got Cascarino in, and that was just like route one motherfucker. Yeah. What did Olney have to say about shit? I can't possibly say while well, the record ticking. <laughs> I've turned it off, didn't you see? (laughs) Anyway, we we need to round off the show now because we need to go and talk about Ian Olney off air. So until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. My old man said. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. <laughs> Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.